Welcome in, everybody. We are back with another episode of Too Much Movie Night. Follow along as we go back in time to our favorite movie night movies. Here tonight, we've got JJ. Cammy, Cammy, And Steve. Sorry. He's muted the whole time. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was like, mine was Kimmy. Kimmy. <laughs> that was... Was oh, exactly was it really? Mine too, yeah. Clutch. Oh, man. God, I'm glad we go youngest to oldest. <laughs> oh, Jesus. We've got JJ, Brian, and Steve here for a, well, and Alyssa coming in for our chick flick of the week, nice. My Best Friend's Wedding. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, welcome in, everybody. Thanks for stopping by. You guys ready for this movie? Man, I, I am ready. How was y'all's I weekend? Too. Not too shabby. Yeah. Celebrating a little Mother's Day, not forgetting, unlike uh, some of our other co-hosts on other shows. <laughs> Wolfie. Yeah. Wolfgang. Really? Uh, yeah. Wolfie texted us a little bit ago, hey guys, I forgot Mother's Day was Sunday, so I can't record tomorrow night because i got to take my mom out. Well, he, he, he did respond back and say, technically I didn't forget, but she was working. And I was like, uh, bullshit, you forgot. But so JJ follows up, not only are you a shitty friend, but you're a shittier son. <laughs> yes. Oh, what about you, man, Steve? Anything fun happening? No, man. Same. I've been uh, uh, been working outside trying to get the um, the, the the swimming apparatus um, uh, cleared up. So you know, from the winter and getting ready for the for the late spring and into the summer, and that's been taking me a little bit of time. So degunk it, turn it from a pond to a pool. <laughs> that's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Just okay. Fill it in. Fill yeah. it in. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I could ever do that though. <laughs> I enjoy it too. I enjoy it too much. So. You suck JJ, you? Oh yeah, I did a bunch of yard work. Uh, you know, I've I've got some grass that's trying to grow right now, and um, played uh, Cards Against Humanity with a bunch of sixty-plus-year-old people. Nice. How many times did we stop and explain what things were? Yep, I, I, I had to explain a couple different words, um, but I did not know that a group of older women could be so dirty. Oh was, my god! I was losing my shit slash blushing the whole time. Well, the term "dirty old man" doesn't limit just uh, just a minute. There, right. there was there was one other guy and me, and then everybody else was women, and they were. Bad, but it was <laughs> fucking hilarious. Well, JJ, I was just that you know I was thinking about you because I was like you know from the morning from the moment I wake up and before I put on my makeup, I say a little prayer for you. Well, thanks, sweetie. Oh God, <laughs> gonna be twenty minutes in. Steven break out in song here. I should go awesome. get my uh, my oven mitts. Your, your, your lobster claws. the lobster claws. <laughs> From Barry the Kudas. Yes, I loved that one. <laughs> oh man, I don't. Is that a real place? I don't even know. I freaking hope so. I hope so too. That's awesome. So, so we've got my best friend's wedding, and JJ, this was your pick of the week. You got your. You finally got a dub. I know. I finally got it? a win after so so long. I was on a dry spell, um, but now we're back at it, hard and thick. So, you know, I've. 
I, I can't count how many times I've seen this movie. It was it was always on when uh, when I was a child growing up. My mom absolutely loves it. I think um, this "Say a Little Prayer" was probably one of the first songs that I actually had memorized, like as a young child. Oh man! And it pissed my dad off so much. <laughs> but I mean, during the warmer months, he would go away on fishing trips during the weekends and so i'd be home with my mom and my sister and so what do we do Fucking watch chick flicks and this was always at the top of the list um if it was on tbs or anything like that it was on so i've i've seen this movie more times than i can count and i absolutely absolutely enjoy it what She's about just walking you? off to the bus and whistling the song <laughs> yeah no i would i would sing it at school and everybody'd be like what are you seeing i'd be like oh it's from this movie my best friend's wedding and they're like the fuck is wrong with you and i was like yeah so i said dion real name is jerry your ex- <laughs> what's your first experience with this movie steve uh, oh brian so man you're talking what the summer of 97 but it's like okay yeah well i'll check it out not too excited about it but i think we both watched it together and i was just like that's a pretty damn good movie, you know? And, and I was kind of sold on, I think not, not knowing what to go with to expect it, but that was so long ago. But since then, um, you know, it's just, it's a show that I will, I will watch any other time that it's on. I don't think we've never owned it. I mean, we don't own it anywhere, you know, on any DVDs or anything. And I often think it's like, man, why not? Why don't I own this show? Cause I would watch this again and again, you know, for sure. Um, but, yeah, this was Brian. Now this was owns my... it on Voodoo, so I, that's this good. is going to be a movie I can go back to now. Right. <laughs> uh, but this was actually my first viewing of the movie. Um, I remember. I know I've seen this, you know, on the TV guide, ro- scrolling through as a kid. I remember seeing it on the channels. But you know, you got wedding in the title. That's not going to grab me. I'm not going to ever click on it, uh, especially being as young as I was, or you know, when this came out. But kind of looking at the the summary of this movie, I was like, all right, this is the same thing we've seen done over and over until I got into the movie. I realized that this was very, it's the same storyline, but told in a completely different uh, frame. Like uh, we'll get into this more, but I kind of saw this more as a rom-com from the villain's stand, like standpoint. Uh, Julia Roberts is charming and charismatic and as amazing she is. You don't quite notice it until the end of the film. Uh, we'll yeah. obviously break into that more, but I was I was pleasantly surprised with this movie. Uh, the cast was solid. Uh, Rupert Everett, I think, stole the the oh. show on the side. Just absolutely, absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. I, I completely agree with that. He, not that he made this movie, but he was yeah. fabulous in this movie. It, it, I'd never, I guess, I'd never really heard of him before. But after seeing him in this movie, it was just like, all right, that dude is hilarious. I love so, him. The love the shoes, was, love the bag, love everything. Love it all. <laughs> <laughs> well, so he had actually come out with a movie just before this, the year before, uh, Dunson Checks In. Oh. Steve, I don't know if you remember seeing that all in the house. <laughs> uh, me and my little brothers watched it. Uh, but he was the villain in this movie as well as the villain in Inspector Gadget. So those, I think, were really the only two things I'd seen before that. So coming into this, seeing him... Not at all as the villain as this, um, you know, the the sign of logic when it came to to Jules' character. I was uh, I was pleasantly surprised with how much I enjoyed him. Yeah, no, he was great. 
We all want to kick this trailer off so we can get this yes, rolling. Yes, I'm ready to Let's start talking go. about it. Let's do it. I've always had great friends who are men. There's you, and of course my best friend, Michael. Sophomore year at Brown, you won't believe what we did. He says swear when we're 28. If we've never married, we marry each other. And we've been best friends ever since. You're about to be 28 in three weeks, right? Mm-hmm. How old's he? Well, Michael's not proposing marriage. Well, you just can't do that. Hey, Jules, it's Michael. Call me, four in the morning, whatever. We gotta talk. Bye. This is awkward timing, Michael. I've had a sex change operation. I'm, I'm married. And I have two weeks to live. Michael? Look, I, I have to ask you something. Something really important. Uh, you know, could I just tell you one thing first. I called because I met someone. Uh... We're getting married this Sunday. Go! If you love someone, it is your duty to protect them from themselves. I've got to break up a wedding, steal the bride's fella, and I haven't one clue how to do it. Someday, when I'm awfully low, when the world is cold, <laughs> I will feel a glow just thinking of you. Oh, this just makes everything so perfect. You know, I've never had a sister. Three weeks before her 28th birthday, New York City food critic Julianne Jules Potter receives a call from her lifelong friend Michael O'Neill, a Chicago sports writer. Years earlier, the two agreed that if they, weren't, if they were unmarried by age 28, they would marry each other. Michael tells her that in four days he will marry Kimmy Wallace, a college student with a well-connected family. Realizing that Michael is the love of her life, Jules decides to sabotage the wedding. Arriving in Chicago, she reunites with Michael and meets Kimmy, who asks her to be her maid of honor in an almost evil Knievel style. Jules schemes to break up the couple, but her attempt to humiliate Kimmy at a karaoke bar backfires. She manipulates Kimmy into asking her father to offer Michael a job, which Jules knows will anger Michael. But this fails as well. So, <clears throat> to start off with, she has the perfect job. I mean, what a great yeah. freaking job that she has. I mean, to sit in the restaurant, people bringing you shit, you know, like right from the beginning, I remember like, because it's been a while since I was like, it's like, man, well, I want that job. How at 27... <laughs> Did she get that job in New York, of all places, you know? You know, George got the slam dunk with the friend hookup there. <laughs> nice dinners all the time. He's just the plus one. <laughs> well, well he's, is, he's her boss. He, he's, he's her, he's, yeah, the editor. The editor. Oh, the editor, that's right. Still, yeah, but, I mean, still. Nice little perk. Still, like, he's fairly young, so how how is he an editor? I guess he's fairly young. I don't know if we ever actually see his, or hear his age in this movie, but... Like, yeah, he's got the hookup, too, because, yeah. hey, I'm the editor for this fancy-schmancy food critique editorial, and, yeah, I decide but, if she's full of shit or not. But no, as so, simple as this. Well, well, I was just going to say, how, how weird is a blood pact, first off? <laughs> and how, I how weird is a blood pact about marriage? I think the weirdest part of the whole situation was not... I mean, I think we've seen this before. Like, hey, if we're not married by this age, we'll get married. 
But isn't it usually like 35, 40, 45, something like that? 28 seems incredibly I, I, young. I like, to, I like to give some chances here. <laughs> 28 I mean, incredibly young. Yeah. For like, as far as like a wedding thing, like really you should I mean, get married when you want. But like, do you really want to be committing that much to somebody before 22? No. Give it some time. Go yeah. meet some people. I mean, how, how old were you when you got married, Brian? I've uh, been married for four, 27. 27. 27. Oh, shit. Okay, so that doesn't help. Steve, what about you? 27. Well, fuck me. I well, listen, am... what about you? What? I missed when, the question. How old were you when you got married? 27? Six? Six. Six. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I thought you were upset that I didn't know at first. I was like, no, no, no I'm just asking you so you can answer. <laughs> Brian was just saying that 28 is too too young to get married. Well, so. too young to make a pact to, hey, we're hopeless. We can't oh. find anybody. Let's get married yeah. at 28. So yeah, because if you're 28 and unmarried, that doesn't mean you're hopeless, right? Or like kind you're in the shitter. It kind oh, of. You. It kind of does. Are you shitting me? <laughs> That's what leads to our high divorce rate. It kind of means that you're unlovable, really. (laughs) No, it means that I have high standards. Oh, wait. Yeah, I forgot. JJ, what? how old were you when you got married? Yeah, no, not married. Engaged. (laughs) And I'm 30, 2023, so I'm 32. I'll turn 33 this summer. Whoa. Ship is sailing, sailing fast, too. I'll tell you what. Hey, I still have all my original joints, so I'm okay. <laughs> Winning. It's like it's like one of those things like if if I can't have your or like you know, you don't know what you got until it's gone type thing. You know, you only want what other people have. Yeah. Is that it? So she just gets Yeah. That's how Brian and I got together finally. <laughs> I was like, dude, get off my nuts. Stop being so nice and i don't want to date you and then i was like please go date other people i i am encouraging this and then i was like oh fuck that that's my piece of meat that's my guy like he calls me he supports me he's my beer pong partner no one else's so when this movie felt really relatable actually for me i was like i get how she feels <laughs> so we were just talking about her being the villain <laughs> i know I, I i'm a villain okay uh, it's the alternate ending though you know yes i didn't right? run away from her. <laughs> the alternate ending i like that one uh, but so yeah that is like so her realizing that michael's the love of her life is that was more of if that's i mean it's like i would be pissed off if i was michael too you know, well, for one thing, like, wait, why didn't you freaking tell me this earlier? But does he want to be with her? <laughs> I think he does. Or, I, mean, I think he did. Like, first but, off, who wouldn't look at yeah, her? I mean, it's Julia know? Roberts. Yeah. And she has a great job. <laughs> she has the best job. That's so, what we're true. So, but, but, but here's my question. Like, obviously... They're both coming up in discussions with other people, like about about each other. Julia Roberts, or I'm sorry, Julianne and Michael are talking about each other in mm-hmm. different conversations, and they're best friends. They're 
like always saying, oh, this is my best friend. Oh, I've heard so much about you. Like, I feel like I, you're the sister I've never had. Whatever the fuck is said. They're so close. But he's getting married in four days. And she that was is weird. just now finding out about it. Well, he did say that I've been calling you for months and you won't return my calls. Like, yeah, and, and like it takes 30 mm. days, you know? So he was letting her know like a month ahead of time or a month or whatever, I guess like after he asked her, but I guess like how long had they been engaged before he tells her? I don't know, but yeah. So, but yeah, she hadn't returned his calls in 30 days or so. So it definitely sounded impulsive though, JJ, like to your, to that point, like, you know, we might've been a few months, but still like popping the question after just a few weeks, few months, you gotta be confident to do that. Well, yeah. her dad, her dad's a billionaire and owns the White Sox. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, Glad you said it, not me, but hell yeah, I'm <laughs> on that train too. And his Cameron Diaz, come on, you know, it's like you're gonna pass that up, like no, I mean, snatch right right away. <laughs> I mean, Cameron that's Diaz a beer pong partner for life. Cameron Diaz has her faults, but yeah. Come on, I don't know. That come was on. like she's 20, she's and he was she 28. Can't even that's drink. That's I know, my, I, so it's I was like waiting until we got to that bar scene, but yeah, they take her to a karaoke bar. Brian, have you never heard of a fake ID? Even in '97, <laughs> they had them. Okay. Also, you don't know what it's like to be an attractive lady. Sometimes you don't need to flash hey, an ID. There was that night I dressed up. It wasn't the worst. And thing, you know? her dad owns the White Sox. She can go anywhere True. she wants in Chicago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she also dresses older than 20. Like True. she definitely has that preppy girl. You know she comes from money. I think but... I think that that debutante like style was more of a '90s like women's fashion for like rich people than it was. Yes, like Ralph Lauren and like just that look, that yeah. um, country club kind of look. Yes, prep mm-hmm. school kind of look. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I agree. And she did, but but I thought she I thought she did it well. But I enjoyed. I thought that Cameron Diaz did a really good job of playing that role of a you know kind of a younger girl, and you know being that that I say kind of naive about some things because she did come off like really naive, although she ultimately come to find she's not she's not really naive at all. But yeah, but but, but she was playing it off. She very much seems okay with this. <clears throat> opposite sex best friend for her fiance i just want to be your friend but there's a lot of that like no no no. i want to be so close to you that i know like you we find out a lot more of that at the end that like she had an agenda she had a full-on agenda so so who's whose idea was it for her to ask jules to be her maid of honor i think it was do you think it was hers or do you think it was his I, I bet it, it was, was hers. Yeah. Yeah. Again, because her, her best friend, like, she makes a statement like, "My best friend broke my leg, or or broke her leg, or like something." Second question: How the fuck do you break a leg line dancing? <laughs> like, there has Girl to be a, there has to be a lot of like shit gone <sighs> wrong for you to break a leg while you're dosy doing and fucking <laughs> hitting up the fucking Chattahoochee, you know. <laughs> But going back to her really? age, I thought that driving scene completely like locked in. I was like, I don't even know if we knew that she was that young yet. But her just zipping around, driving off, driving like a pissed off teenager. I'm like, yep, yep, I see the 20 year old right there. 
<laughs> oh my exit, over. fool! <laughs> oh, cuts over five lanes does, of traffic. I freaking love right that. <laughs> and then it's like she's showing the fact that she's twenty because she's she sees no problem with it. She's carrying on a full conversation. Like it's just a normal day for her. Oh, I I, I related with jewels like so well in that scene because like she's got the oh shit handle and she's just like oh my god oh my god well that's you drive like a a respectfully you probably have good car insurance (laughs) (laughs) i i kind of enjoyed michael in the back because he was just sitting there smiling the whole time just like he's just just having a good time the time of his life, he's like, dude, you're about to fucking die. And you're just like, grins for days over here. Staring at his two ladies up front. Right, right. So then, so I I forget at what point that she tells, or he tells her, like, she she can't even hold a note, right? She can't even sing. She she sings terrible. But those are the little things that I like. Yeah. Was that the elevator scene? Yeah. It's (sighs) because she just talks about how he loves karaoke bars, but she can't carry a tune. Yeah. After they talk about how he snores with the oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. And, oh, cringing. That's where you and see that, that that girl has no shame because all of those people come walking into the elevator and she's still making hog noises like some bitch. <laughs> and that's also the first part where I really was like, why does everybody? It seems like just her family talks so close. Like oh. in the elevator, they're close. The mom comes up to her, talks. The what are they? The slutty twins? What they call themselves? The <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I don't remember what they call themselves. No. Oh, we're the yeah. something the, like the slutty or God, I can't. Yeah, yeah but they like all of them were talking so close. I'm like, I don't know how they hold a straight face acting <clears throat> when they're like inches away from their freaking face. There was also a lot of mouth kissing. Lots and of mouth kissing. Not really okay with that. Uh, personally, I thought it was weird. Um, I didn't like it. I notated it in my notes three separate times. Like, oh, another mouth kiss. Okay. Well, you don't kiss no. your best friend? Uh, Not no. Mouth. Brian Not and mouth. I kiss all the time. What are you talking about? Well, that's because you guys have a little extra of a relationship. No, Brian and I were talking about that, Say like, mouth kissing. <laughs> I like that. You know, usually it's like a kiss on the cheek, like a kind of thing. But no, they're like straight on. It was weird. Like Jules but, kisses Michael's dad right on the mouth. Like she does it all the time. Just boom. so casual. Like, haven't seen you in a long time, Terry. Let <laughs> <laughs> me get that like corn between your teeth. She's fucking CPR over here. You're like, he's not that old. Calm down. He's still alive. He doesn't need oxygen. But let's talk about the bar scene because that bar scene is really cool. It's actually really cool because Jules just knows she's setting her up, right? She's setting her up for failure. She's going to embarrass her. And she is fucking terrible. Why does the crowd turn? Why does the crowd like, like, start? Is it just because she's so bad, but she's giving it the effort? Or, I mean, is everybody that's like, they're just like, you go, girl. Is that what it like, is? Like, you're so bad, but you're still rocking it, and you're still trying. Okay, you're yeah. getting an I mean, applause like, for that. Like, you, you hear the few people in the beginning, and they're like, You suck! Get off the stage! <laughs> like, yelling that in the background, and like, she's just, zone out the haters, let's go. I like it. And she just keeps singing, like, hell yeah, I'd start cheering for her, clapping along. Like, come on, dude, you got the confidence to stand up there and do that when you sound like a... <laughs> 
thirteen year old boy that's going through fucking puberty. Like, it was yeah. so bad. It was so bad. What did one cover? Did it cover the karaoke scene or is that in yeah. two? Oh. Okay. Well, I was just gonna say, um, I hate karaoke and I sound like a dying cat when I sing. And so if my like fiance's best friend who I'm keeping eyes on forced me to karaoke, oh bitch. I'd be plotting to get back at you for that. But then it just it backfires on Julianne. You know, because she kills it. And that's kind of that moment when she looks at her and she's like, oh, maybe I see a little bit of what he sees in you. Because towards the end of the movie, she makes a comment about like, regardless of what's going on, this girl just loves you. Like she wants to be with you. She's just trying to be like a, a, I guess, genuinely just like a neutral or a good person. Yeah. So there's my two cents. You can move on now. <laughs> no, but I I have to say I agree with that, Alyssa. I mean, you you really see kind of the first stab that Jules gives out of like I'm gonna embarrass the fuck out of this girl. Like, yep. You know, and then she sees how Michael reacts to her. Like he's applauding and he kisses her and he's like, he's "You're so terrible. You're so <laughs> terrible." And like just fully supports her 100%. And you kind of see that inkling of a, like, okay, like, maybe that is... This is love. Is that why Julia Roberts is really, like, the villain? Yeah, Yeah, Julia Roberts is the villain 100%. I mean, and I found it interesting that she, she fully admits what her plan is when she's... You know, after she gets that phone call and George is taking her to the airport, you know, she's mm-hmm. full full on. This is what my plan is. This is what I'm going to do. So you see you. I mean, like, I think like the audience, we were kind of in on that, that little her game plan, but that we only us and George and her knew what the plan was. Right. Michael and nobody else knew. So we could kind of like pick up on all these little things that she was trying to do. But it was I found it fascinating to like, you know, we were in on her secret. Nobody else knew it. And so we yeah. could like see how that stuff sort of played out in the movie, I think, right. which was, which was really kind of interesting to me. Okay. Right, let's go to two. <clears throat> Thus. Frustrated, Jules begs her friend George Downs for help, and he flies to Chicago. On George's advice, Jules prepares to tell Michael how much she loves him, but instead tells him that she's engaged to George, hoping to make Michael jealous. George, who is gay, Plays along, but embar- but embarrasses Jules at lunch with a wedding party, singing "I Say a Little Prayer" as the whole restaurant joins in. George flies home, and Jules tells Michael that their relationship with George is over. Michael admits to feeling jealous and give her the chance to confess her own feelings, but she lets the moment pass. They stare, they share a dance as Michael sings their song, "The Way You Look Tonight." Oh, okay. So I wanted to just say one more thing about the bar scene. After they leave the bar, when they're putting her into the cab, they're putting Kimmy into the cab, and Jules is going to go in there with her. But then she's like, well, I guess I got to be with the bride in her time of need. And she's like, well, it's not really a time of need. And she's like, oh, okay, see you later. Boom, take off, eh? <laughs> she got out yeah. so quick. <laughs> yeah. JJ, you were muted by that but also. But yes, um, 
<laughs> Damn it. But yeah, I mean, she just like slams the door and she's like, bye, have fun. Like, <laughs> it was like one of those like, hmm, okay, wow, that's uh, that, that, that was that was super interesting to me, just how, how she just like totally bailed on her. Going back to the bar with your fiance. <laughs> that's right. I better keep an eye on him tonight. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, shit. We're going to go eat hot dogs. <laughs> Check out oh. that statue of David, you know. No. Oh boy! But here, here enters I think probably the most fun character. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. Jules is I think the best, even though the villain like absolutely played amazingly. But George was so much fun. He was quick. He was witty. He had no problem shaming her, throwing her under the bus. He's like, "I'm your friend, but this is what good friends do. I'm going to show you how what an idiot you are." And the jokes, the that just everything he had. Oh. I just loved. It. Oh, I, I the, loved when he walked the into the church. Scene? Well, before that, when he walked into the church, and that's when he was like, she told him, you're my boyfriend, this is what's up. And he's just like, hey, blah, blah, blah. Like, just kind of They're like, like, woo, woo. And he smacks her ass, and she's like, woo. <laughs> I, I, I was talking about the uh, dinner scene before he came to Chicago, oh. when he's sitting there at his own dinner party and his answering machine goes off and it's just Jules like, can you fucking believe this? This is such a just crazy psycho <laughs> moment. And everybody is just staring at the machine and he's just sitting there like with his glass of champagne or wine or whatever. And he's just like, so does anybody want coffee? And just <laughs> casually carries on like nothing ever happened. And then, yeah, we see him, you know, (laughs) we see him come to Chicago and like, well, actually, you just what you see Julie or Jules wake up and yeah, that's going to be hard to get her name right throughout this whole thing because it's so close. Julia Roberts, Julianne, Jules, Jules, just call her Jules. It's just Jules. Jules, Yeah. So anyway, Jules is like past the fuck out. The mini bars. Completely cleaned out. You hear Toto in the background, and he's just like, the plane, the plane. The plane. <laughs> and, I couldn't believe that. And it's like, it's like, now someone is consistently just banging on the door, like, hard as hell. And she opens the door, and he's just there. Like, that's I a love his co- I love he's coming in. He's like, oh, great room. <laughs> which, which yeah, obviously, yeah. it's a fantastic suite. She's in this huge-ass suite in this hotel she's with the mini bar the and everything. Yeah, mm. she's got the whole mini bar and everything, too, loaded up. But he's like, mm, oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> Look at what you did. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? <laughs> and then his introduction, too, in the church, where he's like, oh, oh what are you doing here? Oh, sh- she had to have me uh, come in and fuck me, you know? <laughs> like, just so casual. Flew in, a, it flew in for a few hours to fuck me and be like, it takes a few hours. <laughs> I saw this movie almost got the R rating because of that scene, too. Because, because of guess, where she said that. And I was shocked when she said that, too. It was like, yeah, when she's like, oh, he came in to fuck me. I was like, what? I was well, like, oh, my God. I, like, Julia Roberts, what are you doing? <laughs> I was surprised at the you amount You dirty of- tramp. I was surprised at the amount of overall curse words. Mm. I don't remember that as a kid. Maybe because we watched it on TBS or USA, whatever it was, like all the time. But there were so many curse words. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm here for it. Get after it. (laughs) But that hotel scene kind of bugged me a little bit because she's freaking the fuck out. She lights up a cigarette on the bed. 
and like lays down. But when she lays down, you the, the cigarette has now disappeared. Where'd the cigarette go? Is the hotel on fire? What's going on here, Jules? got lost in all Jules? that hair she had. Yeah, Just that nest. In there. Mm. <laughs> She'll find it next week. Oh, God. But, oh, man. But, yeah. There we, oh, excuse me. So we roll into that lunch scene at uh, at Bar- Barry the Cootis. Right? Barry the Cootis? <laughs> Barry the Cootis. I couldn't so. handle that whole scene. Like, the lobster oh, hands God. of the wait staff. And when they start singing, they're in the back. Yeah. With the hands going. Literally, how do you grab a damn plate off a table with a lobster claw on your hand? Oh, no. It was so fucking hilarious. And I absolutely loved it. Yeah, the whole... You're missing the punchline. He's like, we met in a mental institution. The mental institution. Visiting. I see this girl coming out of shock therapy. And I'm just... (laughs) Who is this goddess? In this vision. Who's qu'est-ce que c'est de vision? De... Yeah, <laughs> yeah Dion. How she like imply or he implies that she essentially sent some chef to that mental institution. You know, like she's the food critic. She's going to visit right. some French chef. I was like, okay, is you know, is, is that the implication there that like she yeah. just shit all over his restaurant? That's that's why he's in there. But it was. And Alyssa, you actually said the scene was a lot of it was improv, didn't you? Um, the, the singing aspect. Yes, the say a little prayer for you, the whole cast, like, I guess that they felt the whole cast had such good chemistry that when they were in between scenes, someone started singing this, and then they all broke out into song, and so the director, producer was like, I like that, I want to add that to the movie, and so Hmm. that's how they pulled that in, which I thought was interesting, because Brian made a comment like, I don't like movies with singing in it. Like there's if there's two singing. songs where a cast member is singing, he is qualifying it as a musical. But he okay, was like, intro. I don't like it. <laughs> the oh, intro, the intro the took way too long. Painful. Yeah. Multi-minute song intro with yeah. characters, I guess, that weren't even in the movie. I don't know. I couldn't tell. They were all. Nope. Just... No, they weren't. Right. I thought they were no. gonna be bridesmaids, but they weren't. It, that's what uh, I was like. Yeah, the intro was just was. Oh God, that's, I, I agree. Didn't like that, but. Still an interesting way to start a movie about, you know, weddings and just kiss him and hope him and think him, you know, because like basically it's like, you know, if you do all this, you will be his. But that's what Julia Roberts has to do now to make him hers, you know, which is interesting. But uh, but yes. So I wish I, I think the scene at the restaurant could have. Actually, like it made me want to see a spin-off of this movie. I want to see a movie about Michael's parents who when we when we go into that scene, his dad is just chowing down on some crab legs. Before anybody else has their food, he's just going to town on these sons of bitches. <laughs> and Kimmy's parents are obviously, you know, extremely wealthy. I, I want to see a movie about how they met and all of their interactions together. Kind of like a meet the Fockers kind of deal. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would have been a, like a good little like spinoff. Like, well, they're both. I think, I guess what I dug about, about like Kimmy's parents is that like, you know, even though they're these billionaires that, that Michael still calls them the salt of the earth people, right? That they are still just the salt, which, which it seems like his parents are also, so I think that their interactions would probably be pretty decent because, like, although, yeah, being a billionaire, 
her dad seems pretty freaking like, you know, kind of like I didn't necessarily come up with money. I worked hard, you know, more of a blue collar type of billionaire type thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so. that's true. But I, I just thought, I, I think it would be funny to, to yeah. see that first meeting and like, you know, oh, here's dinner. And like the servants come and bring out food and Michael's parents are just like, what the hell? Which we never really see her mom too much. We see her dad more. Or uh, his his mom. We see yeah. his dad a lot more than his mom. So, I mean, it's kind of a, I think it would be fun to watch. <laughs> Just a little fun. Just a little fun. Oh, we all ready for three? Yes. Well, although we didn't talk about no. their 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 dance or anything. Oh yeah, we gotta get oh, yeah, we, yeah, we yeah. gotta go on the boat. We do. Which I thought this was a very pivotal part of the movie, them being on the boat, because it's very upfront. <clears throat> you think Michael is very much in love with Kimmy, but I think there is still an actual chance at this point in the movie that well, Jules could win him over. I mean, you, you don't think... really you don't really see too many times where they're alone together. Uh, you have one time at the baseball game, whenever right. Michael basically tells Jules that you know you were you wouldn't even let me hug you in public. Like, why the fuck would I choose you? And then yeah. when they're <laughs> when they're eating hot dogs like on the stairs to the subway train, and she's just, well, I guess it's not a subway since it's above ground on the stairs to the train. Yeah. Yeah, it's an L in Chicago. It's called the L, the L, elevated train. So, but anyway, I mean, like, like they're having like a, a decent conversation. But he he asked Jules his her honest opinion of Kimmy, and he picks out all the flaws that Jules says about Kimmy. And you know, you don't really see any connection between the two as far as like a romantic thing. He's always on Kimmy's side. Yeah. And this mm-hmm. is the first scene that we really, well, I guess in the diner, you kind of see the looks that he's giving. But then after that, he's real open and honest and has dialogue about his feelings. I guess this is where my Possibly. question comes in. Is he open to this possibility or are they just too close? Because there are several moments, interactions between these two before before and after bit these big events that I think they are way too close. Like like physically? Just, like they're too close to each other when they're interacting? Or just or... Uh, their relationship. I think they are too close like... to allow Kimmy to be able to be a part of him and his... Like, they are... They're locked in. They are solid. Yeah. They know each other so well. Their chemistry's flawless. Right. They've got that sexual history. Like, they... I don't know. I, I think it would be very hard for to be Kimmy in that situation. How are you okay with possibly Hell never being yeah. as close to your husband as he is with not only another person but another woman? You know, like. But she yes. makes that comment in the elevator, like when she gives her speech, and she's like, you know, kind of confessing, like, but but he has you, and he has you on this pedestal, but I'm the one that's on his arm. You know, so I, I wonder, like, for her, also when you're young, like, Cameron Diaz is attract. they're both attractive women, but she's like, I'm 20 years old, I come from this, this is my life, and then she looks at Jules, I wonder if she was almost, like, naively confident, yeah, like, you know what, he may have you on a pedestal, you guys may have history, but he chooses to come with me every night, like, we're the ones with the relationship, you guys could have. 
Brian Hartman. It's like, you, I couldn't fucking roll with that at all. Sorry. No. Sorry. But like this, the whole when Harry met Sally thing, men and women just can't just be friends. <laughs> you know, there's, there's gotta be, there's something yeah. more from somebody on one side or other. It's weird. Well, I mean, I mean, think about the comment that he makes whenever they're, you know, dress shopping and she's, she's getting fitted for her bridesmaids dress. And he like I've walks you, in. I've seen you more naked than that. <laughs> yeah, and then like right. he he drops that, and then he's like he's like. By the way, you look better with less clothes on. And then like walks out the door. It's like okay, bro, you're getting married in four days. Who the fuck yeah. says that? Right. Mm-hmm. Especially to your best friend now. So they did film the movie with two endings, and they waited for control groups to watch it to or for groups to watch it and to vote what they preferred. So I wonder if they slid those little things in to keep it open, right? Because when mm. he does those things, it makes you think, oh, maybe he will go to Jules, or maybe he's kind of trying to feel out where she is. Because um, it it felt like at the end of the movie, I'm like, thank God we decided. At the last 45 minutes, it's like whiplash. Like, she breaks them up. They get back together. It's just back and forth, back and forth. So... The day before the wedding at Kimmy's father's office, Jules uses an email account to forge a message from him to Michael's boss. She saves the message rather than send it, but later realizes that Kimmy's father was unknowingly sent the email. Jules lies to enlist Michael's help, but they find the office locked. Returning to Jules' hotel, Michael receives a message from the boss notifying him of the email. Furious, he calls Kimmy, calling off the wedding. And of course, the weirdest interaction in cinematic history, the ring removal. So stop me before I jump to the ring removal. Somebody talk about. Yeah, this we can't email. we can't jump straight to that because oh, okay. When Jules sits down at the desk, I didn't. Okay, first off, that dates the movie. Like when she pulls up the computer screen, the computer oh, screen, and it's like, shit, yeah, email. You know, it's like two from this is mm. this is okay. IBM before the little red button. Hold on, as if as if their cell phones didn't date the movie. Oh already. God, uh, how have yeah. we not talked about cell that? Phone. Did she have a cell phone? Uh, yeah, the fucking oh, you mean brick. That black brick she had in her pocket. The brick, which she uses her cell phone to call her voicemail or to call her tape her her, her answer machine at home instead of just mm-hmm. people calling on the cell phone. It's like, <laughs> I remember those days, don't you? I absolutely remember those days. He had a phone that used to be in a bag. It was a big-ass bag. And it was a corded phone that plugged into this bag. So for our our listeners out there that... that are listening to our podcast, oh my God. not not viewing us on YouTube or Spotify. Um, Steve is old as shit, and the rest of us are pretty fucking young. So he actually was uh, one of the main contributors to the rotary phone. Yes, folks, <laughs> check him out on Wiki. <laughs> oh my God, you guys are assholes. <laughs> but we are available on was... YouTube and Spotify. I mean, but she she goes in and she hesitates. So right. we know that there's, this is kind of where we start to see that she is second-guessing her decisions. <laughs> yeah, she has a conscience, and she's like, you know, maybe I don't want to break these two up. No, oh, I'm just going to save it for later. Which I, I didn't because... understand. Like, why? I think she, like, doesn't want to, like, fuck over Michael. Like, she doesn't want to, like, you know, she didn't intend to get him fired so so michael gets pissed off 
and calls Kimmy, calls up, basically, that's bullshit, you're fucking, you're, you're in your family. So let's talk about the ring removal. <sighs> well, we got that, that weird little smoking scene, because she's just smoking the entire time, the little the bellhop or whatever comes by and does this thing. But Dang, Which is Paul never... Giamatti introduction, yeah. which was great. Yeah. It was like, oh shit, Paul Giamatti, hell, what's up, bro? You know, <laughs> dude, he comes that. in and he's like a voice of reason. Like he drops he the is. grandma knowledge down. Yeah, he does. <laughs> but I just couldn't believe nobody had ever heard of like soap and water takes off. You know, you get a ring stuck, just soap and pops right off. Like really, his saliva. Well, more and when she shows it, soap? it's all loose. You know, it's like, oh, maybe you do have, like, a big knuckle, and that's what it won't get over. But that thing was loose. But, like, what the fuck makes you think I'm going to stick your finger in my mouth all all the way? What's that? Two to three inches? All the way in. Also, you're in the city. She's smoking cigarettes. Those fingers are dirty. You could that see her is, fingernails well, and, aren't exactly the cleanest either. Julia Roberts is a little, little, little bony woman. But I mean, so it's like chewing on like a chicken dirt. leg that's already got the meat off of it. Yeah, and and you're just sucking off that last bit of. Oh, stop it! So I didn't, I I never really considered this guy as like you know when I saw him in this movie at first I was like okay, why him the guy that's like Julia Roberts and Cameron Diaz are gonna fucking fight over right you know it was like that he's not the guy I don't know. That means bro I mean, has to be swinging a hammer. He's got it. <laughs> well, I, I saw originally they had uh, uh, Russell Crowe as the mm. love interest, but I guess they had no, like at the table read, the two of them had like no chemistry at all, and they just moved on. Wow. Uh, and Julia Roberts actually was the one that pushed for um, the guy that played Michael, and then also Cameron Diaz. Um, she pushed for both of them to be into the movie, which I thought was interesting. And Cameron Diaz, they they literally snagged her three weeks before they started recording, so they kind of left that open. The, was it like the actual like look, the guy was like actual the the Dermot Dermot Moroni or whatever? I mean, yeah, that, horrible was, name by the way, horrible name. Oh God, it was him. I mean, he plays a, obviously a character, but yeah, like it's actually him, and he's an older man dating a younger woman, and. In everything I've seen him, in that, in Shameless, like everything I've ever seen this guy in, he's always dating. Holy somebody, like, shit, a third he wasn't sh- Shameless. Yeah, yeah, he dates uh, what's her name, yeah. main character. Like, mm. and, and he's always this like rough around the edge. Like he very much is the same kind of mold every time too. Which was when the movie started <laughs> off in the kitchen. I thought he worked in the kitchen, just like I've seen him yes, play in multiple roles. Yes, I think so too. Oh my god, can this guy do anything else? Is he just <laughs> a one fucking trick pony? But I mean, he well, is. I mean, he, okay, <laughs> to break oh, him down shit. a little bit, like he is almost the like I, I would say like the shitty version of Matthew McConaughey because he has the <laughs> same voice, the same tone. And the same just facial dynamics yeah. in everything. It, it, it's like that's his style, oh, and Matthew McConaughey does it better. The next morning, Jules discovers that neither Michael nor Kimmy have told anyone else about the wedding. She tries to manipulate the couple into breaking it up for good, but Michael and Kimmy decide to get married after all. Jules finally confesses her love to Michael and passionately kisses him. Kimmy witnesses this and drives away, pursued by Michael. Good luck with that 
who is followed by Jules in a catering truck. Jules calls George, who assures her that Michael loves Kimmy. Finding Michael in Chicago Union Station, Jules confesses her everything to him. He forgives her and tells her that here at the station is where he proposed to Kimmy, and she accepted, and they split up to look for Kimmy. All right. Nope. So, she is on the phone with George as they're driving down, and she's like, I kissed him! I kissed him, and yada yada, I was honest, and then he ran away! That's my best Julia Roberts impression, and it was terrible, but uh, I own it. <laughs> So you're right about that. That's exactly what she said. But what does George say back? George says, did he kiss you back? Did he kiss you back? Right. Did he kiss you Ah. back? And she was like speechless. She was like, well, I don't, I don't, um, you know, she was trying to think back. Did the motherfucker push away? Nope. So to me, he's kissing her back. Which is icky. Ooh, it's I mean, your wedding that's, day, and it's that's, called off, and you I haven't mean, communicated that. Going Ugh. back to what y'all were saying earlier about Michael being a sleazeball in this movie, where you're like, you know, that like the scene under the bridge, that's where I didn't didn't like him or anything like that. This is the fucking ceiling point. Like, this is where it tops the cake of him being a piece of shit, because he embraced that kiss 100%. So he was trying too hard. I agree with you. He was trying too hard to make Jules feel better about the whole situation. Instead of trying too hard to make your future spouse feel better about the whole situation, you're focusing on your best friend. You know, just saying. In this back and forth for this entire scene of like, go talk to Michael, go talk to Kimmy, go talk to Michael, go talk to Kimmy, mm-hmm. back and forth. Kimmy's like, I don't want to be jello, but <laughs> you push that back, and it's like, now we're at the gazebo, where if they're going to get buried in any place on these grounds, it's the white gazebo. Oh, I know. And here we are, front and center. Kimmy is like, Oh, I'm nervous because I haven't heard back. Like, I know I want to marry him, but does he want to marry me now? She doesn't know. So what is she going to do? She's going to go stand in the future spot where she wants to get married. And now she sees Jules and Michael just going to town on each other. In this massive embrace. And, I mean, from a distance, you can obviously see But she was kissing me, honey. Jules does make the first move. She does make the first move, but he does not back away. So, exactly. Now, so while this is going on, let's talk about the statue of David. Oh my gosh. She gets her tongue frozen to his wee wee. (laughs) Like, what do you think? You're just going to give it a quick little lick and then that's it? Oh my god. The well, fucking love... the, those twins and their fucking like comic relief throughout the like, like the little trampy slutty twins or whatever they are ever like oh, god damn it, what are they called? But uh Well I, I was just gonna uh, like flashback, you know, they talk about the groomsmen, they're like, as the maid of honor, you get the first pick. <laughs> groomsman number two is the fat one with uh the short fat one with no hair. He's mine, don't touch him. And Scotty? Scotty, yeah. Scotty, yeah. They're like, and Scotty, he's a virgin. 
And then like she like flashes her head like that. And it's like, what the fuck? The kid's like seventeen. Like, what? <laughs> Those girls got no shame. No oh, shame. Oh yeah. Whatsoever. Whatever whatever you see jewels land on the ground, be like, Oh, it's the groom's best friend and the bride that will never live up to be her. <laughs> and then they like just stare at the camera like, mm. Yeah, that was awkward. <laughs> so weird. No shame. It's so fucking awesome. I do appreciate, though, that, like, at the end, like, when she sees them kissing at the gazebo, she runs, he chases, she chases both of them. Love that she grabbed the bread truck. But I feel like they owed it to Kimmy to let her have her moment driving like a bat out of hell to escape this. I'm glad that that came back See, up. I've always loved that scene. Because it is one of the most popular scenes of the movie, other than the sing-along in the uh, restaurant. But the most popular scene, you see the, the groom, and then just all the old ladies and mom of the bride sitting there and be like, oh, there's Kimmy. And then they like take a bite and be like, oh, there's, there's Michael. There's Michael. Oh, and that's Michael's best friend, Jules. <laughs> She's from New York. And everybody's like, oh. oh. And then just goes back to eating like nothing ever happened. They don't know shit. So then, so she finds Michael at Central Station. Honestly, Was that just I to still, make her this, feel good? I, well, I mean, yeah. But honestly, at this point, I still kind of thought there was hope that the two of them, I thought he was like, wow, really? you did all that for me. You're my kind of crazy. Let's, let's do this. <laughs> you know? Like, I, well, I didn't know Kimmy hope. would... I lost hope. I lost hope while she was on the phone with George, driving the bread truck, chasing after him. That George is when. That's when I knew, and the rest of the library yes. where he was attending the book reading, uh, book reading knew <laughs> that Jules had no chance. No chance. You're right. Like that's that's the defining moment because he George is the one person I guess with an like sober mind through this whole thing. Like he is not clouded by any way, shape, or form. No judgment whatsoever. He's well. George isn't swayed by any other thing. So he is the voice of reason. You're right. George is the voice of reason for her. Which she needs to have to he to hear some of that balance, but at the same time, though, I mean, you know, he's there. I, I I appreciate George that he's there for her, for Jules, but also to give her that little bit of, hey, give it up, girl. Right? You know, this dude's moved on. Jules finds Kimmy in the bathroom bathroom of Kaminsky Park, amid a crowd of onlookers. Kimmy confronts Jules for interfering with Michael. Jules apologizes, assuring Kimmy that Michael truly loves her, and they reconcile. The wedding proceeds, and at the reception, Jules gives a heartfelt speech as Kimmy's maid of honor. Jules allows the newlyweds to temporarily have The Way You Look Tonight as their song until they find their own song. Jules and Michael share their goodbyes, both finally moving on. On the phone with George, Jules is surprised to see him at the reception, and they dance together. So this is one of my favorite scenes, is the bathroom scene. This is great. I fucking I love, love it. it. I love I, it. I so much agree, which is why I was stuck at that at the beginning. Kimmy. 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 
for one thing, how fucking brilliant of them to put that. I mean, as a as a crazy homeless lady in the fucking bathroom at Kaminsky Park, right? To just be like, come here, come here, you know, while she's fucking yelling. Yeah, brilliant. It's, I fucking loved it. Every stadium has the crazy homeless person. It doesn't matter what stadium you go to, every single one does. Football, baseball, soccer, tennis, I don't give a shit. They have a crazy homeless person. And this lady probably gets season tickets for free because why not? Because her why homelessness. Why not, right? Well, I, I mean, she's an she's avid baseball. fan. She's Who wearing the White that? Sox hat. She's wearing the White Sox gear. Like... She's she a bathroom lives, attendant, maybe. She lives outside the stadium, and she just likes to stand in the bathrooms randomly. But Kimmy, Kimmy, that is <laughs> Kimmy. so Kimmy. fucking great. fucking alert. I fuck every time I hear that. I love it. I laugh my ass off every. Kimmy, Kimmy, and then and then the conversation breaks out, and this is what I really loved: is every person there from Chicago took the girl from Chicago's back immediately. Like, she was like, you kissed my future husband. Tramp. Right? <laughs> you just yes. hear that. And then they just go off into each other, and they're just like, yeah, you bitch. Until, you know, Julia Roberts starts explaining things to her, and they're like, "Oh," But you can still kind of see that apprehensiveness in their faces that they're like, this girl's still a bitch, though. Don't know how I'm still blown away. She, I'm still blown away she got to go to the wedding. Like, really? You try to break it up and, like... I know. I think out of respect for your friend and for Kimmy, I'd say, look, you guys have a great time. I shouldn't Kimmy. be there. You guys go enjoy it. Kimmy. Yep. Kimmy. Oh, dude. <laughs> and what about Julia Roberts? Or, I'm sorry. Jules missing a fucking key moment during her speech. She could have been like, Kimmy, and then carried on with her speech, but she didn't, because that, that was a building moment for them. It was. It really was. That could have been like up. Michael she and looked, Kimmy. She looked so much better than Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz is on a wedding dress, and I thought she oh. was in a bridesmaid dress. Like, and Jules looked was amazing. Out there. Woof. Man, really? when, she was, when, she was dry, when she was trying that dress on, she... Very shapely. Cameron Diaz, unfortunately, looks like a cylinder. Julie Roberts was more, was, has a little more shape to her. It looks like the paper towel roll when you're done with it, you know? <laughs> unfortunately. Too much. Oh, shit. That is the that best funny. analogy, though. I can't think of anything that could like describe that but Julia Roberts definitely was more shapely. And when she when she had that like that dress trying on outfit, and I, I mean that that scene, and then she stepped down and split her dress. It was like, whoop. I need to say All right. that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Alyssa. That's what she said. I know. I need a cigarette. <laughs> I need a cigarette. Oh man, yes. So I fucking totally dug that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad, I'm glad that like, you know, because like at that, at that bathroom scene, I love that Kimmy fucking like, she fucking let her have it. That was like, right. yeah, no, Kimmy totally fucking like, Hey, 
you you you've been a bitch you've been trying to do this shit and i knew this and all she kind of like let her really have it right there and i was glad about that so i mean that's where you really see that it's it's not daddy's money that's controlling this whole thing it's me i'm i'm the fucking person that he's in love with not my my father because as a sports writer you land the owner of the Chicago or uh, White Sox daughter, like that's a fucking hello staircase Dang. to heaven. That's but, why he become yeah. a sports writer, isn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much. I, that's the only reason I can think of. Like Ray Romano struck the fuck out. Yeah, there it is, Brian. I fucking quoted. Everyone loves Raymond, just like you Debra. like. Debra. Debra. But, I mean, like, he's a sports writer. He didn't get shit. He got Deborah and lives across the street from his parents. Michael gets the fucking owner of the fucking White Sox daughter. Hell yeah. Good for you. 20-year-old fucking sophomore in college. She Rob that cradle. Get after that architecture. Come on. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yikes! I I like you guys saying that makes me dislike Michael more. Oh, like, dude, Michael's a dirtbag. Right, yeah. and then also you're gonna convince her to drop out of college. Like, yes. what? You've already had your chance, and look where it landed you. Let her, like, go be a stay-at-home dad. Be like, let her, whatever. That's oh, fine. dude, why not? But I feel like he her has dad to... is a billionaire. Let her fucking do her thing. You're not gonna fucking fail in life, bro. Right. Well, no I what. mean, there's obviously a prenup. <laughs> I mean... Because I was very surprised at how okay Kimmy's parents were with him. Okay, this is a guy in the industry. He could very easily be just trying to hitch his horse to this wagon. This he's dude makes forty. Th- he makes $40,000 a year, and he's fucking eight years older than our daughter. <laughs> Hell, he looks like he's five years younger than them. Like this dude is. They can't like, be happy. When you I just it don't like that. get how they're giving up after a month. Okay, like I get it if you want your daughter to be married and happy, but she's twenty. You think her chances of finding somebody? I don't know. And we all know fucking twenty-year-olds have no idea what they want in life anyway. They're not really adults. No, no. they can just vote. They can vote, but they're not fucking really adults. They're high school. They ask their voting. parents who to vote for. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> the Jordan best the part. George fucking showing up again, right? Clutch. And I like the way they did that. You know, like on the phone, and he describes what she's doing. There's a couple movies that steal that for a scene, but I love it. It's like best friends reunited. Another fun fact, they did not originally have that written as a male. Her best friend was going to be a female. So I like that they went with, like, it could have just been any man, but I like that he was gay, too, just because it added a little extra. But she just came from a relationship with a man that that was questionable. That Are we dating? Are we friends? What are we? Now she gets to kind of let Michael be with, with Kimmy, let that ship sail. Maybe keep it a loose or distant relationship. Now you got your new BFF. 
<laughs> Dude, that's where Brian... You know, to go back to Brian's comment, Rupert Everett fucking stole this scene. He he, he, he stole did. every scene that he was in. He, he fucking, fucking wanted. He, like, he wanted. Absolutely. You want to talk about acting. This guy put down everything and gave it his all. And, and I don't know if he's gay in real life. He, he is. Then I would fucking be gay with him. I like him so much. <laughs> he was so fucking awesome. I would be gay with him because I dug him that much, right? It was he was just so fucking cool. So, I mean, and on that note, we know what Steve's gonna get or what saying. slice he's gonna give. Steve's gonna give the sausage an eight, and the rest of the pizza will be something different. Well, this is the part of the podcast where we're going to break down this movie. We've talked about it. We've beat this dead horse. Now it's time to find out, Kimmy, what we're going to do next. How are we going to rank this movie? And here at Too Much Movie Night, we rank it on a our Too Much Meter. It's a zero to eight slice because we do pizzas around here. Who doesn't love a pizza with their movie night movie? Pizza. A, a zero slice movie is going to be running out of the elevator and getting decked by the hors d'oeuvres on the platter in front of you. And an eight-slice movie is going to be uh, dancing the night away with your best friend after finally working through whatever the hell issues you had with your other best friend. Or having your choice between Cameron Diaz or Julia Roberts. Yeah, but it makes you a slime ball, and I don't know if it's worth it. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Good point. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, JJ, this being your movie, would you like to you gonna start us off or are you going to finish it? I'm going to finish her off. <laughs> okay. So I'll go ahead and take it off. Uh, begin this movie. Ooh. Here you go, Brian. Um, like I said, this is my first viewing of the movie, and I won't say I went through quite a roller coaster with this movie, because it wasn't that dramatic, but it was, it was like spinning on the teacups at, at Disney World. There was quite a bit of movement, quite a bit going around, and I really thought Julia Roberts was going to end up with him at the end, and I, like I said before, I, it kind of bummed me out, and I'm very, very happy with how this movie ended. Um, this is going to be a movie I'm going to have to watch again. There were too many lines. There were multiple times when we've got... Fuck, what's his name? Rupert Everett. Yeah. What's his name in the movie? George. 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 We've got multiple points it's where George... It's your fucking little <laughs> George's number one fan. I'm looking over here. Now. You look here. Number two fan. <laughs> You're number, number, he's, he's, a, he's a number three fan now. Sorry, babe. Carry on. But George absolutely, like, he had me rolling. I had to pause this movie twice because I was worried I was going to miss the next following comic. Because he was so I can fast, confirm. So <laughs> he kept yeah. pausing. Can't he confirm. was dying laughing. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. And the fact that we took a normal run-of-the-mill rom-com, we flipped the script, made the villain the main character, but made her lovable. Julia Roberts did not come off as the villain until you kind of wrap up the movie and you look at it. She was absolutely, she, she was, it was amazing just watching her act, seeing the, the levels that she would go through. I very much enjoyed this movie. It's an above average movie, and I'm going to give it a five and a half slices. Oh. I like shit. it. I like it. Who's got my next score? I do. Steve. If I'm going to go next, I will go next. Whoop, whoop, whoop. All right. Man, this is a great movie, right? So so, so My Best Friend's Wedding is, is a classic that's been around since 1997. My wife and I watched it together the very, very first time. We both freaking loved it. 
I became a, a Rupert Everett fan because of this. I've always been a Julia Roberts fan. This is a great movie night movie. It has a lot of, I don't want to say action, but there's a lot of stuff going on. This movie does not keep get you bored at all, right? From the from the scene with the the um, the karaoke bar, her driving, anything the the dressmaking scene, any of these scenes keep the stuff moving, keep things going. It keeps you guessing, also, right? I love this movie. This movie is a seven slice movie on a movie night seven tracker slices. all day long. It's a great movie. Okay, well, you know, I I get a little intimidated to give ratings because I feel judged. But you I are, feel good about this one. Oh, I'm aware. I'm aware. Um, so I agree with you guys. I think it's good. I have never, I may have seen this movie before, but I don't remember actually watching it like, you know, start to finish. So I do agree, Steve, like it has you racing back and forth. Who's he going to pick? I don't know. You're rooting for the villain. You realize who's the real villain. Also, Julie Roberts has some iconic fashion shots in here like her curly hair her being a redhead in hollywood at that time the fucking glasses are a statement within themselves and then if we can just appreciate her pantsuits like that defined her in that role read about it jj you might have to do some girly magazine googling but they will talk about it so with that i feel like i might be lowballing but i think this is a solid six I'll watch it if it's on. I may not like seek it out all the time, but if it's on, I'm definitely going to watch it. And if I turn it on while I'm doing laundry, I'm going to get distracted because it's too good. It's so, too good. no, I that's agree. valid though. I mean, very nice, nicely done. Thanks. I grew up watching this movie. My mom. <laughs> Always had it on. Yeah, fucking laugh, Brian. I don't give a shit. Like, my mom always watched this movie. It didn't matter what dad was watching on TV. If mom knew that fucking my best friend's wedding was on, she was like, get the fuck out. This is coming on. And she would always turn it on. And so, I knew this movie from start to finish before I was 10 years old. Like it just, it just happened. Like, like I was saying earlier, I could sing "Say a Little Prayer for You" to anybody because I knew the words. I have that scene burned with the crab claws just waving in the background <laughs> in my head, and I will always remember that as a child. Love it. I mean, it is it is one of those things that Julia Roberts, Jules. She's a fucking sleazeball, too. Like, what kind of shitty people are we dealing with? Like, dealing with <laughs> in this world. Yeah, they, they do deserve each other, Brian. They do. Oh, my God. It's awesome. George is honestly the only good character in this movie. Cameron and Kimmy's Diaz, dad. Kimmy's dad is Kimmy's dad up. is is a, a, a good homie. I mean, yes. Don't forget the vengeful sluts. Straight. Oh, the vengeful awesome. sluts. That's, that's it. What, that's what sluts. they called each other. <laughs> that is it. Yeah. <laughs> I digress. JJ, sorry. Sorry. Finish it up. <laughs> JJ. But I mean, I I'm I'm gonna have to go with a solid six on this. I'll watch it anytime it pops up. If I don't have anything else going on, 
if I'm getting ready to go mow the lawn or something like that and I see it on there and be like, nah, we're good. If Hallie I wants love... to watch it, yep, I'll watch it. But if not, I don't care either way. What about Haley? <laughs> <laughs> She's one of the vengeful sluts, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> JJ, I love that this is like, like Brian and I have mentioned um, like car movies. You know, like this was a movie that either played in the bedroom every night when we were going to bed. It was in the car. It sounds like this is your movie. And I love that it's a rom-com and just such a classic like this. And I also love that you are 32 years old and you just now realize Michael's the villain. <laughs> yeah. But well, you yourself are a good guy. Like, this is a movie that you've absorbed for a long time, and you haven't, I haven't seen you be sneaky like Michael is, or anything But maybe like that. Michael thought he was a good guy also. So Well, the sneakers always do, but so I like your six. To ex- explain a little backstory on it, my, my dad does a lot of competitive fishing, so growing up during, like, spring, summer, early fall, he would go on weekend trips to fishing tournaments. And it would just ah, you're be left with the girls. It would be me, my mom, and my sister. <laughs> Is that when they put makeup on you too? And nope, you had to give a never did that. It, okay, like okay, I'll tell you the Show most embarrassing. <laughs> the most embarrassing story is um, I used to get a lot of bloody noses as a kid. Oh, they stuck a tampon up there, huh? Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah. Was it a light stop one? It, it definitely it. wasn't a super. We, oh no, those nostrils. It was a super plus. Dude, this motherfucker could fit a sun bitch up there. We Focus fucking roll. The ones with we the roll into the, the Sonic drive-through, and I've got a fucking tampon oh, fucking right up my so- schnoz. I love it. <laughs> Yeah. JJ, I've known you for so long, and how is it that after tonight, I think I like you more than I already so, did? I don't, I don't remember if it was my mother or my sister, Holy but shit. that some bitch was up there quick, and like I didn't even oh, know what happened. I was like, "What the fuck? I can't breathe!" <laughs> and next thing I know, it's like my nose is like bigger than it already is. So, so convenient. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Thanks for having that on you." And that's when I decided that you should always carry a first kit, uh, first aid kit wherever you go. So with my five and a half, JJ six, Steve seven, and Alyssa six, it's going to come out to a six point one three movie. Ooh. Damn, guys! I was back and forth on my score. Five and a half was right about in the middle, but I really wasn't sure what I wanted to give this. So it, I'm very pleasantly surprised to see some higher scores than mine, just to kind of help average it out. It was hard for me to give it a higher score, but I knew it deserved. In a higher average than what it, it definitely come from did. With mine. Definitely did. Um, so, with that being said, my best friend's wedding is going to come in. Um, don't know where, about halfway up the list. Can we see? Oh, yeah. I guess if you guys want to see. It's the uh, number 23. What? I'm sorry, number 22. Huh? It is above Tropic. Uh, sorry, is below Tropic Thunder and Whiplash. But above misery and true romance. Oh, mm, that is pretty. Wait, and above Shrek. That's not. Wait, in, that's not in order at all. That's not in order. Wait, Flip what? That well, it's inverted. Oh, the lowest. It's above Whiplash and Tropic Thunder. It's below misery and true romance. Okay. Invert it. 
Put my thing down, flip it, and reverse it. Okay. <laughs> so, yes, this movie is better than Tropic Thunder, Whiplash, and Jurassic Park, but not quite as good as True Romance, Shrek, and Misery. God damn it. It's so much better than Misery and oh. Shrek. I think oh. I'm more in a misery mood most more often than not. But if I am in a rom-com mood, I, Brian, you know, why does your shit always shooting. break up at this point? I know, right now podcast. it's just I started breaking up. I'm not even on Wi-Fi. I'm hardwired. I'm plugged in. Every single know, time well, you start to crack that resolves that. Up. It's not an issue. Connection is fairly good. You're on Wi-Fi. Oh it's god, I wish I was on the Shrek time. one, man. Why? I wish I was on the Shrek one because it would have been lower. <laughs> oh, you know what? Shrek is a fucking solid movie. You can't Shrek is that. solid. And have you listened to the episode yet? No, not. it just came out today. I fucking have a listen. It just came out today. I expect you to be listening within an hour of it being posted. <laughs> How exciting for you! You don't know what was said. I have <laughs> no idea what was said. Yeah. Oh my god! I can't just wait. wait because I was so surprised when I heard y'all talk fucking shit on the mummy. Oh, wait! Is this number thirty-five? Is this number thirty-five? Thirty-five. Jesus, that is so amazing! I I love it. I fucking love it. I 35. also love the mummy, but y'all talk shit on that too. Yeah. Well, it'll too. have a moment, JJ. One day. One day we'll do this. Are you thing. saying, Brian, that this movie is not better than Shrek? I know I will want to watch Shrek more than I would want or to watch Or that this. this movie is not better than Christmas Vacation? I don't know. Maybe not Christmas Vacation. I mean, better and, and worse in different ways. Shrek is fucking iconic. It's internationally known. Here, just because it's so it's iconic doesn't mean that it's fucking the better movie. Here's here's my quandary when we revisit these movies. Yeah, is that everything is such under a different dynamic that how can we honestly compare them? Right. Because the how do you compare like a thriller or suspense to like a dumbass comedy? You know, like you Shutter Island even? versus the other guys. I kind of like how it plays out. We watch you know? Shutter like, Island. It's interesting. No, it's interesting. but that's like. Fuck Shutter Island. <gasps> Fuck you, Steve. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I feel attacked. <laughs> I knew you would. That's why I said it. I fucking love that movie. On that Sorry, note, Ryan, Steve, we got to shut you down. <laughs> Guys, you're done. We, we can't thank you enough for coming in, following us, subscribe, I and telling all your friends. I fucking love everybody here. I love you guys so much. I love doing this shit. It is so awesome. Do you know what I love? This song. YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Follow us, like us, give us a holler, give us a shout. Holla.